Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. We are most active on Twitter, so follow hashtag Big Strong Yes. For news and discussion, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones. You can also email us at bsy at chipperish.com. And y'all, the engagement that we have had from the people listening to this podcast has probably been one of the best surprises of doing the show. And we really want to hear your voices on the Rising Strong finale episode, which we are recording on September 2nd. So... Play along, share your stories with us by calling the Chipperish hotline and leaving us a message that we can use on the show. The number is 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447. Tell us about your big ideas, your strong challenge, and your yeses, or just tell us about your favorite part. Um, We're going to share what we learned. We'd love to hear what you learned, and this should be a really fun show. I'm so looking forward to that. I would love to hear your voices, so please, please, please call the hotline and tell us about your experience. It's going to be great. Yes. All right. If you are a Patreon supporter, we have a big strong yes chat room on Discord where we both both of us hang out. We answer questions. Mm-hmm. We give support. But most of all, y'all are just, you know, giving support to each other. And there's amazing stuff going on in that chat room. And it is so supportive. And it is such a really safe space. I absolutely love it. So what you guys are doing there is amazing. Join us at patreon.com slash chipperish to gain access. Thank you to all of you for supporting the show and for participating with us online. Your tweets and the graphics that you're making and your comments and the reviews for the show mean so much to us. So if you enjoy Big Strong Yes, please give us a review on the Apple Podcast app because this is the best way to help other people find the show. Yes, absolutely. If you want other people to find us and to make this community even bigger, absolutely the best thing you can do is review us on Apple Podcasts. Now this week we are going to be reading Reading Rising Strong Chapter 10, You Gotta Dance With Them That Brung Ya, which is like my favorite title of a chapter <laughs> ever. Next week's reading yeah. is Rising Strong Chapter 11, The Revolution, and then that's it. Then we are done with Rising Strong, which seems wow. impossible to me. I can't believe wow. it. I know. It's so crazy. Go to chipperish.com and search Big Strong Yes Schedule to find all the information about what we're reading and when we're reading it, and you will have the full schedule right there. And when you can expect the podcast as well. That's pretty amazing. I know. So the Big Strong Yes show will be a third of the way done. I know. But it has been one hell of a ride. (laughs) It has been intense. I really think like the the rising strong process going through this book has been, God, such a transformative experience for me. I mean, you guys remember like the first episode, I was like crying and just, I couldn't even, yeah. I couldn't get through it. You were quiet. You were crying and I was quoting research and <laughs> <laughs> completely, you know, Oh my like, God, it's, I know. it's been it's a little crazy, different, but I have to say, like, I, I feel so much stronger now. You know, like going through mm-hmm. this process, I think has been, it, it, it was the perfect thing at the perfect time, right when I needed it. And I think a lot of other people are having that experience too. So it's, it's been wonderful. 
I think so too. And for me too. I mean, this Good. has been, this has been really amazing. And one of the great things from the structure of the show has been the weekly homework. Oh, and yeah. I know that that kind of sounds silly, but we really, I mean, I really do this every week and I know you mm-hmm. really do this every yeah. week and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so how did your homework go this week? Well, my homework was, you know, you, you wanted me to write a victory list, like of the yes. wins, a Wonder Woman list, you know, all the things that I've done that have been <laughs> like, have been good and successful for me. And, um, and I didn't quite like, you know, when you said it, I was like, all right, sure, I can do that. And then as I thought about it, I was like, well, what is it? What is a win? Like, what is that for mm. me? Like, how do I define mm-hmm. that? Like, what is what is success? And honestly, as far as like my week went, there weren't a lot of wins this week for me. It was kind of <laughs> well, you know, to quote Cher from Clueless, yes. it's a decision every woman has to make for herself. Absolutely. That was <laughs> anything, anything that makes you feel right. strong, right? Anything that makes you feel peaceful, anything that makes you feel hopeful, happy, just a, something positive that you did. Yeah, goes on your Wonder Woman list. Okay. It's a win. It's a victory. No, I like that. Oh, Crystal, you know my my beloved therapist. Who, by the way, I went in, yes. I went in last week, and I was like, I just want you to know, Crystal, that you kind of become a thing. Like, you know, we're talking about you on this podcast. Um, I showed her the affirmation video, and she really liked it, and she felt that it was mm-hmm. it was good. She, you know, she seemed really proud. The thing that I like about Crystal is that she's not too impressed with me, um, and so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's very, very sweet. She's very, very supportive, but she's not like, oh my God, you're so wonderful. She's n- none of that. Like, she's like, oh, that's cool. You right. know, she, so I, I really like that. Um, but she told me to think about the things that I do just for me, like the self-care kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I figure I will consider the things that I do just for me to be like on the Wonder Woman win list. And so I'm like combining everything together and making it one thing. Um, but the funny thing is, and I don't mean funny, haha, like funny, sad, is that as like my kids went out to uh, Tennessee with their dad he came and picked them up and he's taking them to see the eclipse and it's so awesome and you know I'm so proud of him like he's he's my first husband has come so far and just is doing so great and I'm so proud of him and he's just he's having a great time and he's got this wonderful girlfriend and her kids are great and it's just it's awesome so they're all out you know doing the eclipse in Tennessee and I've been by myself for a couple of days and I've got a couple more days before they come back um and so so the first thing I did that I did like just for me was I went out and bought a bottle of scotch and a pack of smokes. And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, is that a win? Because they seem like self-destructive impulses, but you know, um, I, I, so I don't know. I've just, I, but I also took the week off work and I think that that is, mm-hmm. you know, a good thing for me. So I'm, I'm going to be doing focusing on chipperish stuff. So I'm not going to be like not working, you know, um, but mm-hmm. I've got the week off my regular office job. So I can kind of get caught up on stuff and I can do laundry and clean the house and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, so I, I mean, I did some work, you know, I've still been doing some work. I was trying to take the weekend off, but I still, you know, did, did some of that work. I did a still pretty, um, and, uh, and I was doing laundry and watching Twin Peaks and, and tweeting Twin Peaks, which was, which was really fun and interesting. Um, and mm-hmm. that felt like a wild indulgence to me. I mean, I know that doing laundry and watching Twin Peaks is probably not an exciting Saturday night for most people, but for me, I was like, Hey, you know, yeah, it'd be pretty exciting in my world. Right. You know, I wasn't working. <laughs> so at least there was that. Um, I'm also getting my picture taken on Monday, an official Yay. like chipperish, you know, uh, 
like yeah. author photo kind of thing. I haven't I haven't had like a real photographer do that in years, but I hired this uh, this kid who works for me at the university who was one of my students in my class, and he's really really good. So I'm giving mm-hmm. him a professional photo credit, and I'm getting my picture taken. So I'm gonna have something new up on the website, which will be like an official high quality you know picture of me out in the village. So that'll be fun. So I that's mean, gonna be though, awesome. Even though that's for the business, I figure that's still kind of for me. One of the challenges here is when you get to a point in your life where you are so far separated from self-care that it's difficult to even define what is something I did just for me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So is an indulgence that helps you relax, like a cigarette and a bottle of whiskey in a show, Mm -hmm. is that self-care? Is, you know... um, a wild night out that's exciting <laughs> is that self-care is doing the laundry self-care is getting your picture self-care like so i think it's a very difficult question to answer mm-hmm. when you're out of practice right and i think self-care for you is like writing for me because yeah. i don't know where to start <laughs> and you don't know where to start so i think a good litmus test might be what are some things that feel like What are some things that feed your soul? Mm -hmm. What are some things that make you breathe deeply and feel that little click of happy? Yeah. Like, they're not necessarily. Like, honestly. Yeah, okay. For me, it's. But outside of work. Like, right, outside of work. Like, for me, the work is Mm -hmm. the thing that gets me jazzed that gets me excited that's that's super fun but it it also is exhausting after a while because it's it's work you know yeah but you also knit I do knit I was knitting oh I knit I knit on Saturday okay so I would definitely put knitting (laughs) in that box um but I think maybe this might be and I the irony of me saying this is probably going to cause some things to light on fire but still (laughs) I think this is a time where reconnecting with the natural world Mm -hmm might be a way to feed your soul whether that is like a walk walks i was walking out in the the woods and it was really good oh this is one of the things too that we had to we had to give up pratchett yeah so um that that was was really hard that was a win though because here's the thing like pratchett is part border collie and we didn't realize right. we took him on two two mile walks a day and it just wasn't enough. And he was running around the house, like circling the house mm-hmm. and sliding into walls. He, he ran into um, the couch and hurt his like his his wrist, I guess. I don't know if it's Aww. a wrist on a dog, but it's like that part of his foot, you know. And yeah. um, and so we realized that we just couldn't. And the thing that was wonderful is that the kid's dad, um, my first husband, who is a wonderful guy, took Pratchett. Um, they have, he and his girlfriend have this huge house. It's full of people. So the dog never has to be alone, which he hates. Right. Um, and they have this yard that he can run in. They've got two other dogs. Um, he is so happy right now. And then the girls still get to whenever they're with their dad, they're with their dog. So that actually worked out really beautifully and I'm sad that Pratchett is gone I'm sad that he's in Mm -hmm. Ohio but he is already I've heard reports from the kids that he is doing so great you know and he can run around free and I think that he just needs that freedom to like run around in circles in the backyard he was hurting himself in the house and we just like you know we put so much I got a dog trainer and we walked him and we did everything Mm -hmm. he just needs a fenced yard and that's the one thing we didn't have yeah well, and that's a win for him. I mean, you did what was right for the dog. Right, which is also, you know, you, it's a win you know, for us because I couldn't. I right. felt so terrible. You know, I, I right. hated that he had to 
we yeah. had to control him so much to keep him from hurting himself. Right. You know? Yeah. But I'm thinking about for you, like, yeah. if you were going to do kind of this, you know, crazy Zen meditation, mm-hmm. or if I had this magic teleporting device and you could send yourself to a setting that instantly makes you feel peaceful and alive or in a sense of kind of wonder. Like for me, it's the beach at night Mm -hmm. with the moon over the ocean. Always, hands down, no question, that feeds my soul. Yeah. No, I would love the the beach. Actually, you know, for me, it's, um, this is what I love. And this is like my favorite thing in like October, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I love a cabin in the woods. I love a fire out by the cabin, bottle of wine, you know, like Mm -hmm. that is my place. That is my thing. And there's actually a place at one of the wineries in the Finger Lakes that has a little cabin that I can Mm -hmm. see myself. I mean, I wouldn't want to go now because it's hot, but like, oh, like, you know, late September, mid-October, I could do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So maybe if you start planning that, Mm -hmm. then that is a good win. Then that could be a win for me. That's my Wonder Woman win. Yes. (laughs) That would be a good Wonder Woman win. A WWW. A That's WWW. not the World Wide Web. There you go. All right. So so what about you? How was your homework this week? <laughs> well, my homework was to write my I am already this tall list. I like it. I wish y'all could see the drafts with this. It was so oh, funny. Uh, because I learned something very interesting. One is I am capable of saying good things about myself. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I'm not capable of turning off the counter argument that rolls at the same time. Oh. So it was counter arguments galore. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's something positive and here's something equally negative. <laughs> oh, no, I hear so, you. Like, I do that I, too. That's like, hard. I literally had to make two lists oh, and then throw one of them away <laughs> because I'm throwing the negative like, one away. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm at least being honest. Mm -hmm. I can't just write the unbalanced one. Um, And it was ridiculous. And so, but I did finally write some favorite things about Mm -hmm. myself. And um, so I guess I have to read that now. Yes, yes, you do. And I'm very excited to hear it. (laughs) To read it out loud. Hey, look, I did my whole thing. You do your thing. I know. I know. Okay, here we go. So I said, this is like my favorite things for my, I am already this tallest. Mm -hmm. I am curious, open-minded, I'm a story appreciator and a lover of books, I am generous, strong, capable, enthusiastic, witty, and I am smart as all holy fuck. Yes, you are. And so... <laughs> I love it. You know, um, that's my list. And I know how to hope even when life kicks my ass. Mm-hmm. I'm a good friend. And you I are. am able to encourage people and help them build on their talents. And I feel good about that part of my list. Oh, you should feel good about that. Those are all true things. So I like yeah. it. There are other true <laughs> things. I'm not going to bring them up because I don't want to make you uncomfortable. There are other things that you are. You know, well, there are many, many negative things too, but I oh wasn't allowed to put those in the show God. notes. So this was really hard. Like, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is very difficult for mm-hmm. me not to argue both sides of a case. I know. No, I understand that entirely. I understand that so. entirely, but I'm I'm proud of you. I think that's a good, Thank it's you. a good start to a list. Your list of things that are wonderful about you is much, much longer than that. Like the actual list, but I'm okay. I will accept this for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it took two weeks to write this damn thing. So I figured that was really a start. Well. Good for um, you. 
Yeah. But uh, it got me thinking, too, about if I could describe myself in the most ideal terms, Mm -hmm. how would I do it? Mm -hmm. Like, what would be the aspiration? What would I want to be? And um, and I think I am some of the things on this list, so I was happy. Mm -hmm. But uh, this old poem by Shel Silverstein, like the childhood poet of my life. Yes. And I remembered this, and I realized... This, this little poem can work for both my I am this tall list and my you have to be this tall list mm-hmm. because these are the things that I look for in friends as well. Um, but he said, if you are a dreamer, come in. If you are a dreamer, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer, if you're a pretender, come sit by my fire. Oh. And I'm like, that's my list. That yeah, works for me. Everything except the liar. <laughs> oh, no, man. I No, I'm a researcher. I got a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But I think I'm going to say in the ability to improv, right? In okay. the ability to to weave tales, that kind sure. of liar, a storyteller. I'm good sure. with that. No, because yeah. I mean, if technically as a fiction writer, I'm a liar because I tell things that aren't true. But yeah, no, the, right. the liar thing is is a trigger for me. It's just a personal thing. So. Yeah, but the rest of it I think is fantastic, <laughs> and I love Shel Silverstein. That's really good. Oh, I know. Me too. He's okay. wonderful. So, so it was really hard. I mean, it sounds like a little list. Um, no, I it know took how an hard enormous that was amount of time. <laughs> I am proud of you so, for doing it, though, and for you. throwing out the crappy, stupid list that's wrong about all the other reasons why this isn't true. Well, thank you. So, anyone else that has not written their "I am this tall list." Mm-hmm. Then try to write your favorite things about yourself list. Yeah. Um, and we love seeing them and we want to cheer you on. Absolutely. When you write them. No, so. I love that. When people share them on Twitter, it makes me feel so good. I love that, you know, that the, the I am this tall list is becoming a thing. I think that's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Very cool. So, so what other reflections have you had this last week? Oh, God, you know what? The shame thing, like the guilt versus shame thing last week was such a a mind blower. And I didn't realize Mm -hmm. how, like how much weight that would have on my experience throughout the week, but it really did. Um, I had some things come up this week, uh, just a handful of things that that in in the ordinary week, I would have, they would have come up, I would have felt the shame, I would have, you know, responded in this sort of absent minded way, you know, that without really thinking about it that I always do. And it would have just gone on with the week because hey, shame is part of my day. (laughs) I got coffee, Mm -hmm. I got shame first thing in the morning. That's how it goes. Um, So I had a couple things come up um, and I I recognized that shame presents um, as like a tight band across my upper back. Um, so I have Ooh. that sense of like what exactly the shame is. It feels hot and cold at the same time, which I know is weird, but it's emotion. So, I mean, emotions are weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so one of these things happened at work. Uh, I got distracted. I had a very distracted week. And, um, and so my boss had to remind me of something that she had already reminded me about like last week and I'd somehow forgotten it again. Um, and I hated that. I hate not Mm -hmm. having all of the details perfect all of the time. It drives me crazy because I'm like a detail-oriented person. Um, And my boss, of course, (laughs) you know, she'll remind me of stuff. And then I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And she's like, dude like whatever it's fine (laughs) she's like it takes a while to learn all this stuff and she's like the only reason I saw it is because of blah 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 so I mean my boss is like totally and completely cool but part of the reason why I especially want to do everything right is because she's so totally completely cool (laughs) um but it is like it's this perfectionism the perfectionism as a running away from shame right you know because Mm -hmm. when I don't get a detail right I feel that shame like it it's one of those things it makes me crazy so um so I felt that 
I experienced it. I understood that I was experiencing it, which is usually not the case. You know, usually I, I go into this like, you know, um, this kind of knee jerk sort of space where I'm like, oh, my God, it's terrible and it's awful and I'm going to get fired. And instead, I was able to joke around. My boss and I were joking around about both of us having German, you know, blood. And that's why we're so detail oriented and all this kind of stuff. So <laughs> so it was all fine. Um, then uh, then, you know, I had to give up Pratchett, um, which was a very difficult decision. Um, because I think that when you make a commitment to a dog, that that's a very serious thing. Um, yeah. but I also, I feel really good that I, I was able to find him a home that is such a perfect match for him. It is oh, so yeah. perfect, this place. And I know, you know, my ex-husband, wonderful guy, like I know he's going to mm -hmm. take good care of this dog and the people there are going to take good care of this dog. And it's going to be exactly, exactly what he needs, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and that the girls still get to have him as their dog. He's just with their dad right. instead of with their mom. So, um, so I love all of that. And I think that that turned out really well, but I, I really had a difficult time struggling with that decision I felt like I had failed this dog even though we right. really were putting like 24 hours a day and then I talked to also as a backup the border collie rescue that's local in case mm -hmm. things didn't work out with uh with their dad in Ohio and um right. and the border collie rescue I was like I really did I tried everything I really didn't I'm not just abandoning this dog it's just and they were like dude you've no idea like this is fine they're like you have all of his medical Aww. records you got all his shots you got him neutered you took care of him he's healthy like you did everything you could do and I was like well thank you you know but like I needed them especially people who rescue dogs for a living who take dogs very seriously like I needed one of those people to like basically tell me that I hadn't completely failed this dog that it wasn't that I didn't try hard enough you know right. and that was right. really really hard for me um to deal with with that kind of shame and um you know, and I had like another uh, personal um, incident that, you know, that I was feeling shame for, you know, as well and was able to recognize that shame and kind of process it. And um, and I mean, the thing is that experiencing shame is not a new thing for me. Like I said, every day with my coffee, I have shame, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> mix it right in with the cream and sugar. Um, but <laughs> recognizing it and placing it in its proper perspective, that is completely new. And I have been following, you know, Brene Brown's work for years and I've been thinking about shame, but it isn't until just now that I've actually been able to really identify the shame, like mm -hmm. when it happens, you know, and understand how powerfully it shapes my choices and my behavior and how hard I will work to avoid it, you know, um, but the situation, you know, at work and with Pratchett and this personal thing, you know, I was able to look at the shame and say, it's here. I didn't avoid it. You know, what am I going to do now? You know, and mm -hmm. I just have kind of been, been working through it and, uh, and, and making it work. Like I have this, this really deep obsessive need to prevent anything that could possibly go wrong. You know, um, and I think the next thing, like, you know, now that I'm, I'm addressing the shame, I'm understanding the shame when it happens, I'm, I'm processing it in a way that's just different from the way that I've always like knee jerked my way through it before. Um, I think like my need, my obsessive need to control the future, you know, I think I need to tackle that. Like my viewing the future as an enemy combatant is something that I really right. need to tackle. Like, the future is going to be what it's going to be. And if I'm doing the best that I can in the moment that I'm in, then that's really all I can ask from myself. And I don't have the power to prevent any bad things that might happen. You know, I don't have yeah. the power to prevent, like, you have no idea with this dog what I did, 
how hard I worked, everything we did to try to make it work, you know, because I didn't want to be in a position where I had made a commitment to an animal and not been able to follow through on it, you know? Um, but, but now I'm, I'm looking at this and I, I really do view the future as an enemy combatant. Like I've got to, I've got to knock it down and get it in line and control it. And I can't do that. So, so that's kind of like the, I think the next phase of this for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of clarity that you've yeah. got around uh, some, some tough decisions and a few really tough months that you've yeah. had lately. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, the the guilt and shame one was mm-hmm. huge for me too. Yeah. And, and again, I say this was worth the price of admission. It's mm-hmm. worth the price of the book. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have called it guilt versus shame on the cover. Maybe right. I'm not exactly. good at titles. Um, <laughs> made the whole book just about that, right? It, mm-hmm. it is interesting because I've been getting more and more comfortable with the idea that shame has a physical, yeah, um, like a physical side effect Mm -hmm. or or a physical manifestation yeah Mm -hmm. and i know what it feels like now because Mm -hmm. i've learned how to watch for it and i can then also ask myself something in retrospect and be like okay do i have that horrible sinking gut twisting sick butterfly feeling Mm -hmm. no oh well then what i did must have been okay because (laughs) i am not feeling shame (laughs) like it's it's actually really good um for that and it has also led me, I think, down a path I didn't quite expect where mm-hmm. I am becoming more of an advocate. Um, it's almost helping me put up with less bullshit from other people because Good. in recognizing what shame feels like when I do it to myself, mm-hmm. I am also becoming more aware of when other people are intentionally trying to shame me. Yeah. And my tolerance for that crap has just dropped real, real low. Good for you. So, um, like, learning how to see it both Mm -hmm. as something that I feel and as a tool that is being tried to use against me. Right. Has has become pretty damn powerful. That's awesome. And, you know, so, I mean, I still have a lot of work to do there, Mm -hmm. but it's helpful to say, okay, whatever I'm about to do that I don't want to do, am I doing it because I feel ashamed? Right. Or am I doing it because I screwed up, I feel guilty and I need to fix it? Mm-hmm. Like it it's a it's a damn powerful framework. Yeah. I mean it really, really is. is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um and speaking of frameworks, my <laughs> other big takeaway is what's your favorite part is truly magic. Oh yeah. Like I have I've never learned how to work a spell in my life, but I am convinced <laughs> that what's your favorite part is magic. I know. And <laughs> so um, I, you know, I actually sent you a little bit of writing. Yes, A you very did. rough draft. Mm-hmm. And I sent it with a lot of shame because, oh, my God. First of all, you share your writing with somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing my writing with a New York Times bestselling author oh. who's like one of the best writers I've ever met. Oh, and- <laughs> It's like the potential for shame in this is huge. So I send you like my little paper airplane coated in shame of writing and you fold it up and look at it and you send it back like full of hope, which was wonderful. It was good. And thank you for that. You are legit. (laughs) Guys, I'm telling you something. When Kelly Jones finally gets herself to the point where she can show her stuff publicly, (laughs) y'all are going to love it. It was, I mean, here's the thing. Like the feedback at this point was a what's your favorite part feedback, you know, but I loved what you were doing. You know what you actually remind me of? You know who you remind me of? Jocelyn Jackson. 
Oh my God. Jocelyn Jackson. Now, th- <laughs> she yeah, is awesome. No, I got to get the is, two of you together in a room God. because she is fantastic. I love so, her. Yeah. Jocelyn Jackson is one of my, you know, all time mm-hmm. writer goddess heroes. I have been in a room with her several times, though she would oh, not yeah. know me from Adam. Uh, so I've gotten to hear her speak. And I actually met her at the Decatur Book Festival probably 10 years ago. Oh. Um, and she had just written The Girl uh, Who Stopped Swimming. Oh, yeah. And she uh-huh. was there talking about that book. Yeah. And I remember looking at her and listening to her and thinking, this woman is more than human. She's like, there's so... magic in Jocelyn Jackson. No, she is amazing. Wonderful. She is wonderful. Yeah. I went shoe shopping with yeah. her in New York City once, and it's an experience I'll never forget. She's amazing. <laughs> But it, it's funny because we grew up in a lot of the same areas. Yeah, yeah. And so she she writes of the South in a way that very few writers write of the yeah. South. And when I read her books, I'm reading home. Like mm-hmm. she because she has it right. It's authentic and it's ugly and it's real. Yeah. And she has the the good parts too. But she writes the South you know, better than anyone I've ever read, maybe than Alice Walker. I mean, yeah. she's amazing. You remind and, me of her. Your work reminds me oh of her. God. When I was reading your work, I was thinking about Gods in Alabama, which is the first. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is my favorite oh, Jackson book, by the way. so amazing. Guys, if you are not reading Jocelyn Jackson, you have to. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm oh, going to get in touch amazing. with her and try to get her on, on How Story Works and just do an interview with her. <gasps> she is so yes. adorable. I haven't talked to her in a really long time, but, um, she, but she I is love amazing. her. Yeah. I love everything she's ever written. She's I love amazing. Amazing. all of her books yeah. but gods in alabama is my favorite gods in alabama hands down that opening line i can't i, oh, I don't have it in front of me now so i'm not gonna say but like seriously guys go out just buy every jocelyn jackson book yes. that you can get your hands yes. on she is yep. unbelievable and she is such a lovely lovely human being yeah. She really is. Yeah. She's amazing. So you could not pay me a higher compliment than that. Thank you very much. Oh, no. You remind me <laughs> um, of her. You really do. There was there was something in the way wow. that you you phrased your sentences that had that that real hit to it, you know, that had that power to it. She has so much power in her language. Yes, she does. She's unbelievable. Yes, she, does. she is so incredibly talented. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Well, well good. You. Well, yeah, no, your stuff, I mean, God. You know, it's legit. It's legit good. <laughs> you are a legit writer, and I'm so excited that that you gave me a chance to read it. I'm I'm really, you know, I'm I'm very flattered. Well, it was that incredibly I got to read kind it. of you. And but that just that moment of vulnerability, mm-hmm. like as soon as That's I emailed so it to hard. you, I was like, how do I recall an email? <laughs> Why? Why is 2017? Why do we not have the power to bring back an email? And <laughs> so, that whole moment. But, I think about that um, every time I okay. text. Yeah. And then right? autocorrect just changed like, it into something really, really weird. And you're like, wait, I didn't mean that. I know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was funny. But mm-hmm. but what's also really cool about this, what's your favorite part framework, is I'm using it in different ways. Yeah. So, like, when my son came home from school, mm-hmm. Friday, he just started a new school year. He's got new classes and a new yeah. schedule. And instead of saying, what happened at school today and him saying nothing, and me saying, what did you learn today? And him saying nothing. I said, what's your favorite part about your new schedule? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. We had an actual conversation about that his actual so classes. Cool. I hadn't thought about using that in that <laughs> context. But yes, what's your favorite part is the best conversation starter. Yeah, it's amazing. I know. And my then, daughter is a genius. I'm sorry, but she is. I know. She really is. Seriously. <laughs> yes. When Sarah is old enough for me to buy her a drink, I will oh, be buying the girl a drink. Just a couple more years, and, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then at work a couple of weeks ago, um, I did a presentation with a colleague uh-huh. and it was, it was a pretty, I mean, it was a big presentation in terms mm-hmm. of, it was something we started from scratch. It was a framework we put together to, you know, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to kind of share this with other people. And it's a little personal. It's a little vulnerable. It's kind of stepping out of our comfort zone a little yeah. bit at work. And we um, were invited to do this for a group that meets for professional development, and there were probably 60 people in the room. So this mm-hmm. is not like earth-shattering presentation. Right. But, y'all, we did a good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a great, it was good really good. It was good. really good. And a few days after, one of our colleagues who works with us, she actually came to the event to watch us as a friend, which was great because there mm-hmm. was a friendly face in the audience. But unprompted by us, she sent us both this email and said, I loved your presentation, but that isn't helpful feedback. Let me tell you why I loved it. And oh. she literally gave us a list of all her favorite stuff. Oh. And I was like, this is what's your favorite part. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is. And, and my friend who had presented with me is looking at me like, are you OK? Are you, you, no, you drinking it's so on your lunch break? You're right. Yeah. It's so amazing. And this this framework is um is usable in a lot of ways and it has been a great week for me to start inviting that I more into it. my life. I you know? love it. And from a twelve year old yeah. kid. Like I love right? that a twelve year old kid had to slap me in the face and say, What is your favorite <laughs> part in order for me to see yes. this? But it's so valuable. I love that. Yeah, and my last reflection is the Breathe app on the Apple Watch is oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, thank you it's for good. telling me to get one. It's great. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad so. you got it. I'm glad you got it. And I'm glad it yeah. is. It's one of these things. It clicks up every couple of hours, and then you're just like, okay, I gotta breathe. Mm-hmm. I gotta breathe. Yeah, it can be really helpful. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. So, so let's take a deep breath and talk about the the reading. How was that for Buffy level irony cut? Huh? That was good. Yes. No, I like it. cheesy punny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, where do you want to start with the reading this week? Oh God, you know what? I gotta say, I really enjoyed this chapter. I thought it was yeah. really good. I I laughed in parts of it, and I I was really engaged. Like this chapter is probably the one that I've enjoyed the most it you know mm-hmm. a lot of them have been very helpful but I haven't necessarily enjoyed that but um but I actually yeah. really enjoyed talking about this when she was talking about the lashing out email that she mm-hmm. wrote like I recognized myself in that um you know this this whole thing about discharging pain and shame by writing a really nasty email back at somebody (laughs) like that is, that is where I live. That is my neighborhood, (laughs) you know? Um, And so it's, it was interesting because as I was going through this experience with her, I was like, I was so with her. I was like, yes, I totally know what that's like. Um, And you know, the thing is like for the moment it works. In the moment you send that email and you're like, yeah, you got what you deserve, you know? Um, But then, like, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, on the Eloquent Gushing, um, the PC, uh, pop culturally deprived podcast that Mandy Kay mm-hmm. and Matthew Vos mm-hmm. do. Um, yes, they which is talking, a great podcast. It's a great so podcast. So much fun. Because yeah. um, uh, just for those of you who don't know, Mandy Kay, who does a lot of the graphics for Big Strong Yes, um, 
she does this great she she grew up you know basically like i don't know uh in a very conservative household they didn't let her watch a, a whole lot of pop culture so there's a ton of stuff she just hasn't engaged with so this is all mm-hmm. new to her and she's going through all the stuff so they were doing the indiana jones um uh stories and they were talking about the, like when he was a kid and he hit the whip and the whip came back and got him in the chin and of course they use that to explain harrison ford's actual real scar on his chin and it's this whole thing um but mm-hmm. this is what the lashing out like i was thinking about that when I was thinking about the lashing out email because you you whip it out there and you're like yeah this is gonna get you good and it comes back and it hits you in the face and it's always like that you know um Mm -hmm. and you know I mean first of all I would like to say though for the record that this Pamela person is a complete bitch like um oh yeah there's this one point where on page 228 uh Brene Brown says she was telling her therapist Diana that the woman was a pinch-faced passive-aggressive shithead and I actually went in and scribbled (laughs) wannabe in the space between passive-aggressive and shithead because I was like no you forgot that part (laughs) you forgot that I really really hated this woman um but the thing is like you know, whatever with the woman, that's not really the point. The point is that this is about Brene Brown and how she's going to respond to it and all that kind of stuff. And I completely like understand all of, all of this stuff, like all of the Mm -hmm. response that she had and the way that she felt about it. Um, And, you know, because you've read a lot of my SFDs, right. (laughs) That I've sent you these angry (laughs) screeds, you know, um, and, and I'm a writer, you know, so like when I'm angry, I go to email, I go to texts, you know, And I mean, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them, I will say, in recent months have gotten sent. Number two has received a lot of these. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, and I mean, the thing is, like, I think it's good to express that anger and I think it's good to, like, write it down and and let it out and all that kind of stuff. I don't really um, regret, you know, sending it, especially number two, because I think that he needed to hear it. But um, but the thing is that it it does make you face yourself a little bit. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I am this person. I am this, like, my mother would always tell me, you know, whenever I was angry, how incredibly vicious I would get, you know, mm-hmm. when I was angry. And, and, you know, she would be like, you're so ugly and you're so vicious. And it was one of these things that would always like, you know, like the things that your parents say that just, you know, in your head always, it's always there on yeah. a constant cycle, you know? And, um, and I know that I can be incredibly um, hurtful and, Mm -hmm. and spiteful. And I just want to hurt this person the way that they've hurt me. So all of Brene Brown stuff, you know, like I completely get exactly where she was coming from and exactly what she was doing. I think it was good, you know, that she didn't send it. I like that her her therapist Diana did what Crystal does, which is just, huh, you know, just, she'll just be there and be quiet until finally I come up with the, you know, with the response myself, which is really good. I don't know how therapists do that because it would make me crazy waiting for somebody to like figure it out, you know? Um, but that's why I'm not a therapist. Um, but the thing is like, as this is a part of me, this viciousness, this lashing out, this, this, this ability to write these incredibly like vile emails when I'm really angry. Um, it's part of who I am, you know, and and so as I was looking at this, I was thinking about her, her concept of integration, 
right? Which I, mm-hmm. I, I, we've talked about it before and I've never really thought about it, but that integration is part of wholeheartedness, that in order to be wholehearted, you have to take all of yourself and pull it in and accept it and honor it and understand it, you know? And I think that in order for me to integrate this part, like I need to stop denying that this viciousness is, is a part of me. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I don't feel like I'm proving my mother right. I think it was wrong for my mother to to not understand that I had a lot of really good reasons to be angry. You know, um, yeah. but you know, people who have been hurt and abused are going to get angry. You know, and that's okay. Like for me, I don't I don't hit people. I'm not physically violent, but I will do mm-hmm. emotional violence. You know, um, mm-hmm. this is this is part of who I am and I need to recognize that and integrate it and, and honor that this comes from a space that is understandable, you know, that has, has, there's a reason why I feel this way, why I am this way. Um, and so for me, like the big part of the lashing out that was valuable was this idea that like, yes, this is a part of myself that I'm not particularly proud of, um, that I don't feel speaks to the best parts of me, but Mm -hmm. I need to, to integrate that into my understanding of myself, because as long as I deny that this is who I am, then I'm going to send out those emails. I'm going to send out those tweets and then I'm going to feel bad about it later. I'm going to have the scar on my chin from the whip that comes back and hits me in the (laughs) face, you know? Um, So I don't know, like that's the kind of thing that that was the, the thought process that I got on with this whole thing, with this whole lashing out email. Um, And, uh, and so there was this thing she says on page 233, she says, I'm pretty sure that having fire flying from my fingertips and fearing spontaneous combustion are solid physiological markers of emotion. And then she, she goes on (laughs) a little bit to say, I chose curiosity this time. And that's what you always come back to, right? I mean, it's the curiosity. I struggle with this a lot too. Yeah. And I think part of it, and she talks in here about, you know, toughness being gendered and, mm-hmm. you know, having this hard edge as a woman yep. is, is even, you know, it adds on another layer mm-hmm. to that. But when I was reading this and cause I was like full team Brene on this, I'm like, send too. that bitch that email. I'll that send it for awful. you. Like yeah. she needs to read this email. <laughs> so I'm not saying a good example here, but, mm-hmm. um, but I was able to instantly like process my feelings about this by thinking about one little scene from a TV show that I used to watch when I was yeah. a kid. And I've actually been rewatching this with Mandy Kay. Um, oh, so yay. we, we were watching DVDs of designing women. So it's a, a <gasps> show that was on their Southern, you know, I women's show. show. I like that show. I did too. But watching it now, there is there is a a deep ugliness to this show. Oh, there wow. there's racism. There is sexism. There's classism. There's some ugly shit in this show. And there was this one scene in the very beginning first season where Julia Sugarbaker cusses out this beauty queen who's being mean to her sister, and she has this whole thing about you know she was twirling a baton and the baton was on fire and that was the night the lights went out in Georgia and like <laughs> I used to see myself like standing up and applauding her yeah. you know she was tough and she knew how to use words and mm-hmm. I wanted to be like that but when I rewatched the scene a couple weeks ago I thought it was almost abusive she was physically in this other woman's space she was domineering over her she was lashing out Mm -hmm. and that is not heroic that is not 
a good thing to do. And mm -hmm. so I see myself in that. Like, so when my inner Julia Sugarbaker wakes up, <laughs> I know that it's time to, to cool down and not let right. the fire fly out of my my fingertips mm -hmm. um, because I do have that capacity. You know, mm -hmm. I have a quick temper and I have a sharp tongue mm -hmm. and I have to to watch it because I can cause a lot of damage with words. Yeah. And sometimes people deserve it, but that doesn't make it No, but okay. like, we don't deserve it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't want to be yeah. the person who does that, whether they want deserve to be, it or not. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be a weapon wielder, even mm -hmm. if those weapons are words. Right. But like in my family, they I have many nicknames some i'm sure that i'm not aware of but <laughs> one is they call me the bulldozer because um when my mom was in the hospital a few years ago and it was a disaster and she was not getting the care that she needed mm -hmm. and i finally went down there took charge mm -hmm. got her exactly what she needed and probably bulldozed over a whole lot of people to get it done and I didn't really care yeah how those people were feeling you were taking care what of kind mom. of days they were okay. having well, it, I don't think so. I think <laughs> I could have accomplished the same thing in a, okay. in a, you know. Fair enough. And I don't like, like, sending out that level of ugliness, even yeah. if it's for a good reason, still makes me feel ugly. Mm -hmm. So I totally got her, even yeah. though I'm still Team Brene with Pamela. Man, that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Pamela was awful. <laughs> she deserves what she gets. But it's, but it's she not gets. about Pamela. It's <laughs> right. about Brene it's Brown. You know, and that's right. the thing. It's not about them. It's about you. Uh, but but the other part of that, the very human side of that story from mm -hmm. Brene Brown, I totally understood because mispronouncing names and words is a huge strain trigger for me, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know when I present somewhere, I automatically have three strikes against me before I even open my mouth because mm -hmm. I am fat, I am female, and I am Southern. And those three things are often equated with stupidity. And I've got all three of them. <laughs> and so um, when I first learned about my accent, I mean, I knew I had an accent, but I didn't understand what that meant. Like, I didn't realize that Your a great percentage of so the... awesome. It is so it's toned beautiful. down. No, 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 no. This, this is the most watered down, polished up version. I'm talking 15 years ago when I had no filter. <laughs> um, I was, I actually was accepted for a conference. It was a very prestigious conference, mm -hmm. um, at the university of British Columbia in Vancouver. And so my little Southern self left the U S for the first time and <laughs> oh. went to Canada and did this very big presentation, this, mm -hmm. you know, very big academic presentation. And I was showing, we were talking about digital storytelling and I was showing some student examples and the audience was laughing and the stories weren't funny. <laughs> I realized they were not laughing at the examples. They were laughing at my accent. No. And yes. And someone decided to give me the quote unquote gift of feedback <gasps> at the end of that presentation to tell me that I would never be taken seriously as a speaker until I learned how to speak oh my and God. actually enunciate my words. And and to a certain extent that was true because if you gave me a writing utensil, mm -hmm. I did not know that it was a pen and that it had an E in it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a pen and it had three syllables. Oh. So, <laughs> but, but still the way that that was presented to me was harsh and embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, and so it, it's always in the back of my head. It's always in the back of my head. Um, and so I do, it's so a mispronouncing a word or, 
Um, I mean, I said hunker down the other day in a business meeting and everybody in the room looked at me like, what the hell is this girl talking about? Is there a tornado drill or something? And and I forget sometimes. Um, But but I do. I, I completely empathize with her. And if someone had corrected me in that smarmy, self-satisfied, petty kind of Mm -hmm. way, I would have just blown them into oblivion with my laser if I had one. So, (laughs) No, I got to tell you, though, like as as a female podcaster, I get corrected all the time. People police everything you say as a female podcaster. Um, So I don't know, like if it hasn't happened to you yet, that's great. Um, But it happens to me all the time. And I don't really care. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess for me, it's not it's not a shame trigger. But if it was, you know, I mean, I can definitely see that. I'm so sorry that people were dicks to you about your accent, which, by the way, is lovely. I love the way that you speak. I think you have the most beautiful voice. I mean, I've got Why, this like, thank you, know, you, sugar, honey, baby, uh, darling, sweetie. No, no I, I have this, to keep it toned down. I have this downstate <laughs> New York kind of thing. It's like not quite New York City, but it's not upstate either. And and it's funny because I have a friend from when, uh, you know, when I was growing up. And my accent doesn't come out that strong, I think, that much. Um, but mm-hmm. every now and again, like if I'm hanging out with her, all of a sudden I'm talking like this. And I'm like, I don't even know where that comes from. Like, I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> and uh, and it's so weird to like when I start talking to somebody from where I grew up, how that will come out. You know, how strongly mm-hmm. that will come out when you're around it. Yeah. Um, we'll but, have to yeah. we'll have to do a podcast next time I go home. Yeah. So like, oh. After I've been in Georgia for 24 it's hours. It's such a beautiful. <laughs> it's such a beautiful accent, though. And oh god, I'm so sorry. Yes, I have. I have gained deep appreciation for it since leaving yeah. the South. Oh. I found it musical, and I oh. did not think that before, and I do now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Okay. So, what else did you get out of the reading? What else you got? Well, I think one of the other big things I got was the idea that I am more strong than sweet. So. <laughs> If, if if women are coffee, uh-huh. then I am the kick-ass level 11 espresso, and I ain't got any sugar in me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm, she, I'm not sure that's true. I think you're very sweet. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> but when I was reading this, and again, this was kind of along mm-hmm. the lines of gender and identity and how you're right. trained to be. You know, if girls are supposed to be sugar and spice and everything that's nice, and I'm not that way, then what am I? Mm-hmm. Like, and those are identity struggles that I've had. Sure. Um, and I have been told, you know, you are too hard as a woman. I'm more ah. like a father to my child than I am a mom. Well, it comes well, from 18 years both. of being the goddamn provider, Seriously. right? Like, <laughs> that's how that Ain't happens. wrong with that. <laughs> You know, and I am not going to make cookies and milk mm-hmm. when he comes home from school, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pay the bills and make sure he goes to college. Absolutely. So it's just, it's kind of like. And by and the I way, think I think those, that will be more value to him in the long run than the right? cookies and milk. Yeah, he can get his own damn cookies and milk. Yeah, I mean, really. Mm-hmm. But, um, and bring me one while he's at it because exactly. I'm busy. Because right. <laughs> I'm but, working. But she's. But she's right. So some of the characteristics, and I think this was the reason I struggled so much with the I am already this tall list, because some of my inherent characteristics, I am strong. I am Mm -hmm. tough. If something difficult has to be said, I will Mm -hmm. say it. And I will advocate for myself and those around me without apology. Mm -hmm. And those are typically male traits. And so it it is difficult then to reconcile that, you know, with... 
with, with me. I also have mm-hmm. an incredibly feminine, you know, mm-hmm. side. So mm-hmm. I struggled with that a lot in the book. And, and I think I have a lot more work to do there. But mm-hmm. I liked her take on it. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to read. And, and it's just good, again, to hear me too. Yeah. To know absolutely. that I'm not alone in that and that other people struggle with those same things. Well, I was thinking so. about you when I was reading it because her experience is so Southern. You know, oh, and yeah. I, think, I think that <laughs> yes. is a very like as I didn't I didn't identify with it quite as much um, mm-hmm. because my experience growing up, we were very separated from any sense of family history. So there was none of that. Right. I didn't have grandparents. I didn't have anybody else, you know, around to like give me a sense of where I come from. You know, mm-hmm. um, I sort of feel like I, I sort of sprung up and then I was neglected my whole childhood. So I was sort of like figuring out on my own. <laughs> like, I guess this is who I am, you know, uh, hanging yeah. out with my friends who talk like this, you know, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was really interesting, this this idea of, you know, of of women who have to be like the Julia Sugarbaker, right? You have to be really, really hard and really tough, but then you also have to be feminine and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and I thought that was really yeah. kind of kind of interesting because I don't think that there was ever an expectation culturally from where I grew up of being right. tough. There was no expectation that I should right. be tough. I should be you know, thin and pretty and, and accommodating mm-hmm. and like all of that. That's what I grew up with. Yeah. And yeah. see, for me, the expectation is to be sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually tell children, y'all play sweet now, mm-hmm. which means don't come fucking tell me if someone's bothering you because mama needs some lemonade with vodka in it. Go away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but like, oh my God, vodka lemonade sounds so good right now. Right. Oh, okay. So Southern, little Southern recipe. Yeah. Lavender, lemon, vodka. Lavender vodka lemonade. Ooh, we got to hang, it's baby. Wonderful. Okay, when we get together yes. on that beach next next year, yes. where we're going, <laughs> we're gonna make it's some lovely. of that. <laughs> but but always the idea that no matter what happens, and no matter what life throws at you, and no matter what someone does to you, you need to be sweet. Aha. Uh-huh. So if a guy asks you on a date and you don't want to go with him, you still need to be sweet and go. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Like yes. Try, you know, like yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter because you're just going to be sweet. And I just don't, I am not sweet. Mm-hmm. It's just not in me. I, it is not part of my makeup. It is yeah. not part of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is a character flaw <laughs> from where, you know, where I come from mm-hmm. because I just don't have that. It's, right. it's never, and I never have. It's not mm-hmm. something I've had as an adult. I was not a sweet child. And mm-hmm. I am not a sweet adult. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> but I it, know. yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see, I mean, I think that, I think that you're very sweet. Like, I think that you're no. incredibly, you're, you know, okay, you're very sweet to me. No, not sweet. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have capacity for kindness, but there's a difference between that and sweet. Yeah. And between like getting, yeah, getting bulldozed I ain't over. Sweet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Which not. is a good thing. Uh, I, I think know. that's a I good could... thing. <laughs> no, the stuff say. that we we socialize women to be, you know, people that that can just get run over, that can question themselves, doubt themselves, always be mm-hmm. manipulated into whatever. You know, that's that's bullshit. Like that's yeah. how we we socialize women right. to be. I think that when I define sweet, I really do define it as a genuine kindness. You know, a genuine right. consideration and care for other people. So when I say that you are sweet, that is what I'm talking about. 
Well, I appreciate that definition, but that's not the definition I was raised with. I completely and, understand that. Yes, right. Absolutely. And so mm-hmm. that, 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 yeah, I it's completely just a, understand that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bad word. Yeah, I can totally <laughs> see it with that definition. Absolutely. It's yeah. sexist. So, yeah. and, and the way that we sexualize men, I mean, the way mm-hmm. that we can make them adhere to certain gender stereotypes, especially in the South is oh, yeah. equally horrifying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just can't win. But I I think that's one of the reasons I relate so strongly to Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least because we do share some upbringing, not all, yeah. but some. Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, think you come so. culturally from a very similar space. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you? What else did you get from this? What are your some some other okay. big takeaways? Well, one of the things that I really noticed was, and this was a very minor thing um, that just kind of came up in the reading, but on page uh, 224 and 225, she says, mm-hmm. within a matter of seconds, I had turned, if you're going to position yourself as an expert and a scholar into stop pretending you're an expert and a scholar. And mm-hmm. I get what she's going for here. Um, I would say that in this particular example, um, she read it exactly the way that that woman meant it. That woman, absolutely, oh, yeah. that was the subtext. Um, yes. But but the thing that, that Brene Brown is talking about is this this tendency to look at what, or listen to what somebody says, hear what somebody says, or read what they send you in an email, you know, and turn it into something that is way more negative, you know, mm-hmm. than necessarily what they had expressed or the way they'd intended it. Now, this this bitch, Pamela, absolutely <laughs> meant that. Like, yeah, she did. You know, Brene Brown rephrased what she said, but the subtext is absolutely clear all the way through. Um, and and so this, this woman obviously needs some serious help. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, it doesn't matter what anybody says to me, especially if they're talking about something that is anywhere near a shame trigger for me. Um, mm-hmm. I will read it in the most negative light humanly possible. And then I will take my negative light flashlight and shine that on it, you know, that I carry with me everywhere <laughs> I go. Um, and when people get anywhere close to my shame triggers, I stop hearing the actual words that they're saying. And I go into this, this other place where it is, it is nothing but darkness. And it is, mm-hmm. you know, like I will, I will hear what they said and then twist it into something that is is so much more vicious and negative and awful than than what they might have said. Uh, many, many years ago, um, I had an experience where a friend of mine had said something about my daughters, and I can't remember what it was. And I was like, you're telling me I'm a terrible mother? Like, and sh- that was not <laughs> even close. Not even close. But like being a bad mother is like my biggest shame trigger, probably. Yeah. Um, the idea that that I'm I'm not doing right by these kids makes me crazy because that is the me most too. important thing to me. Um, mm. And uh, and so when I read that, like I, I took it away from the Pamela thing because Brene Brown is absolutely right about Pamela. Pamela's a bitch. Um, oh, but yeah. uh, but like but that is something that I that I do all the time. And even as I'm doing it, there's a voice in my head that's saying, okay, that's not what's happening here. You know, that is not at all what's happening here. And yet I can't stop myself from going to that complete extreme with whatever it is they said, because they just, they got near that shame trigger and I hit the roof, you know? Um, So, I mean, that's something that I'm trying to be conscious of, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I've necessarily like fixed that yet (laughs) but it was an interesting thing I just it it was one of these tiny little things within the chapter that I saw and I was like oh yeah I do that yeah oh yeah I do too absolutely (laughs) 
I do too. I, I think I keep my shame trigger so well oiled and, mm. and well used that I could hit it before anybody else even gets close. <laughs> so <laughs> like I don't I do it enough times myself a day. Most people oh, sure. can't even hit as hard as I do. Uh, so I'm like, no, nah, I got this. I'll, I'll just, I'll hit it for you. There you go. We're good. <laughs> let, me just, let me just save you some time there. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So what else did you get out of the chapter? Anything else? Bump out of um, it, it, it got me thinking a lot about being in survival mode and what mm-hmm. that means right. um, and how it relates to shame and, mm-hmm. and kind of the whole the process that I put myself through and it, and it just keeps coming back to never good enough versus who do you think you are? And and like, I know I am going to struggle with that for the longest time, Mm -hmm. but in becoming more open to possibility and becoming more authentic about things that I want or things that I would, you know, try for that I might have considered too much or too high or too big Mm -hmm. before like the presentation that I was telling you about with a, with a coworker, um, we were thinking about now taking that framework and writing it out into a book because Mm -hmm. it's really good and we really enjoyed it and we would like to share it with other people. And there's a part of my brain that's like, yes, this is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And then there's another part that's like, who do you think you are? You don't write, you know, mm-hmm. um, and with that, someone at the presentation emailed us and asked if they could interview us about it for something at their company they want to write up. So cool. And my first thought was, yeah, that'll be fun. Great. And my second thought was, who the hell do you think you are? Like, so I just, it, and I'm getting whiplash. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. You know, and then um, the moth is coming close to where I live. And I thought, are you going to do I, it? Oh, no. Oh, no. But I thought I'll go watch it because in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to do that one day. And then I immediately think, who are you to try to stand up and do the moth? So it's just this, this, the more honest I get about stuff that I would open myself up to and try, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the more it immediately opens the, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. So, I mean, being aware of that is a good first step, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's big and it's strong and. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's your a first big bad. instinct though of, oh, that'd be cool. That's the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know, that's the right one. The, who do you think you are? thing Yeah, it is. It, you know, never good enough to who do you think you are? And you're always one or the other. There's no mm-hmm. middle ground, you know, where you're just in the Goldilocks space, right? You know, right. there's none of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you are uh, like, who do you think you don't think, okay, what am I trying to say? Who do you think you are? Like, you are so much more than you think you are. You absolutely would be amazing at the moth. And this presentation that you did, even though I don't know anything about it, I can tell you just, you know, based on knowing you, I'm sure it is fantastic. If it got past your, you know, your own, like, self-criticism for you to be like, yeah, it was pretty good. Then, I mean, it's got to be, like, amazing. I'm sure it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. That well, it is a co. To... Yeah, it's a, it's okay, a co-presentation. I'm sure, I'm sure your co-worker who yes, worked with you on it was a, also fantastic. wonderful. Yes, um, But was. so were you, you know? And I think <laughs> that you would be amazing all this stuff. And I, I want so desperately for you to get past the who do you think you are thing because I think the things that you would be able to accomplish if you didn't have that voice in your head, you know, stopping you from doing it would be just amazing. Like I, I got to tell you that work that I read from you this week was fantastic. Oh, I mean, it was legit. That's, 
good. Like, so I, I want to see you do more of that. I think you have an incredible amount of talent. And I think that who do you think you are? You don't even know who you are. You don't even I think know. That's you part don't have the, the slightest clue of yeah. how amazing and talented Aww. and wonderful you are. Like, I, you don't know. You have no idea. Like, there's that thing in Buffy, right? In Restless, which is the the season four oh, finale, yes. which I still, I you know, it's not episode. my favorite. I, I like, like it. Restless. Uh, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. Let everybody else love it enough that I can get away yeah. with it. Not I do it. like that one. But there's this one line from Tara in the dream sequence mm-hmm. for Buffy where she says, you think you know what you are what you're to become but you haven't even started or something like that right yeah um and uh and that's what I feel like you are right now like you think you know you have no idea you know of of all of the wonderful things that are within you and all of the talent and strength and like amazing work that you can do and you just have to shut up that who do you think you are you know it feels it's so hard yeah. yeah, it's so hard. And it, it, it just immediately feels audacious and like you're immediately crossing this line into I think I'm special that is so oh, incredibly uncomfortable. Baby, I hate and- to break the news to you. You are special. <laughs> I hate to break the news to you. You are exceptional. Yeah, the C, you're supposed to be sweet, not special. Anyway, it's going to be, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to battle right, this thing for a while. You, okay, you know what? And here's the thing. My thing, I think, was rising strong, right? Because I was in the middle of like a complete, you know, my whole life falling apart and all this kind of stuff. I think that yeah. when we get to big magic, that's your thing. Like we're going to, we're going to push you through big magic. And by the <laughs> end of that you are going to shine. You are going to transform in that process. I love big magic, but I I cannot wait to read big magic with you because I read big magic like a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I read it like this magical manifesto of Elizabeth Gilbert's life that I think Mm -hmm. is incredible and wonderful and awesome, but in no way does it apply to me. (laughs) So the, the, the thought of reading through that with you is going to be, incredibly challenging but it's also going to be wonderful and i'm I'm really looking forward to that no because like here's the thing and this is what i'm going to tell you you know and you can accept this or you can reject it or whatever but you are you're playing small with yourself with your talent with what you're capable of you're huddled up and small um and the thing is is that you your talent your abilities what you can do, what I see in you um, is not small. So you need to stretch out and you need to take that space and you need to, to do your thing. Cause I think that the things that you do, I mean, this is what you do while you're playing small. This is what you, the things that you're accomplishing and doing while trying to be small are amazing. When you stop curling yourself up into a corner to take up as little space as possible, what you're going to do is going to transform the world. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. So I'm just, I'm letting you know, <laughs> this is what I see. All right. Okay. This is you're, what I yeah. see. And you can I laugh have, at me all you want. No, I have no words for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no comeback to that except to think, oh, you really think you yeah. have 
I don't, I have no to, words. I got nothing. You're going to have to trust Thank me. Thank you. You're just going to have to trust me. Like, I have absolutely no doubt at all about what, like, mm. a lot of this stuff, this rising strong stuff, I haven't been on firm ground, but, like, when it comes to the creativity, when it comes to, to the the abilities that I see in you, like, I have no doubts at all. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So, anyway, we'll get to that when we get to Well, Big I do Magic. appreciate that. Uh, yes, oh, and so no, now no, that my face it. is you red and I'm... It. You hate it when I say stuff like I hate it so much. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna turn the spotlight back on you and ask what else did you get I from will, this chapter? I will take it because I know how uncomfortable <laughs> I just made you, and I'm sorry. Um, but but you need to hear it. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> one of the things that I loved from this chapter was on page 225 when she's talking about like walking herself through that shame experience, you know, yes. and she has this thing that she says, and I swear to God, I'm going to print it out. I'm going to put it on my computer. I'm going to play it in a mantra. I'm going to memorize it that I can say this to myself when I'm in those mm -hmm. moments, in those shame trigger mm -hmm. moments where she yep. says, this is the moment. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't say anything <laughs> just breathe and feel your way through it don't hide out don't suck up don't fight back don't talk type or make contact with anyone until you get back on your emotional feet you will be okay like yes that right there I need that written on everything. I need it on my journal. I need it on a sticky note on my computer. I need it in, in my, my background for my phone. I need it like everywhere <laughs> because yes. this is the thing. Like that's when that those moments are when I write those shitty emails and when I write those shitty texts that I don't want to write and that I don't want to send, but I just have all this anger and hurt and I need it to go somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that like, I, I want to completely hold on to like that moment where I feel the shame across my back, you know, mm -hmm. don't do anything. I knew this was coming. I'm prepared for this. I've got right. a mantra ready, you know, <laughs> and I just think that that would be like, that's one of the things that I think probably for this whole chapter is the most valuable thing for me that I can really take and put into my life actively. I need to yeah. memorize that. <laughs> Yes. And, and to some extent, I try to do that, which is yeah. when I just said a minute ago, I don't know what to say to you. This yeah. is why. Mm -hmm. Because I feel equally loved by you and mm -hmm. shamed by myself in that oh. moment. And I'm like, I, there's How nothing you, I can say. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally. But but with that, she she did talk in this book, too, about the importance of therapy and counseling mm -hmm. and, and shitty first drafts and safe spaces. Yeah. And I think that is also an addendum I would add to this. Yeah. Is is that if you must do something, go to a safe space. Right. And that is, for me, it's the friends who I mm -hmm. know genuinely love me. Yeah. They are my safe space. Mm -hmm. And I have not always had that in my life. And I am so incredibly grateful for that and for you oh, yeah. for being one of them. And oh. so it is, you know, you don't have to do anything. Don't speak. Like, you right. know, you mm -hmm. don't have to talk, breathe, but if you need a safe space, go to one. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. like, that is the only thing I would add to this here because it's really right. important. Because don't do anything is a little unrealistic, right? You know, don't yeah. do anything. Don't <laughs> respond. Don't do anything. Just freeze. You know, it is mm -hmm. a little unrealistic. Like you do have to express it and you have to take it somewhere. But you need to take it not to the person who did this, because I would argue that the Pamela's of the world and they are out there. Right. You know, oh, yeah. but the Pamela's of the world are anybody who sends you something that shitty. 
you know, mm-hmm. like anybody who would send an email like that and lack the self-awareness to oh, see how Oh, she has the self-awareness. Pamela sent that email with glee in her heart <laughs> and don't let her tr- convince you otherwise. No. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Perhaps the story that I'm telling myself is a little bit too generous to Pamela. <laughs> but no, but I mean, but you think about like, if, okay, like, like, let's say, yes, sure. Maybe she did send it with glee in her heart. Maybe she was like, yeah, I'm just going to, cause I'm so much better than Brene Brown and I can do this stuff. Um, may, but like, but the person, you know, cause I've been thinking a lot about my mother, like in recent, you know, in recent times, like I've been thinking about my mother and like how miserable it is to be a person who would do things like that. Like how, like to live the life that Pamela is living, Mm -hmm. how, how incredibly hard every day must be living as Pamela has got to be the worst thing. You know, it's, it's one of these things where like, you know, Brene Brown gets to be Brene Brown and Pamela has to be Pamela. Like Brene Brown wins, you know? Right. Oh yeah. No (laughs) question. It's it's one of those things. Like, and when you think about the people, people who do and say terrible things, who just, you know, do shitty stuff, like they have to be them. And that is a misery. That is a living misery and we get to be us and it's it's pretty good you know um for for the most part except for you know every now and again when the shitty people destroy your life but aside from that um (laughs) so but uh but I think that you know I I guess I don't know like there's I'm feeling a compassion start to well up now (laughs) like see because you're you are in fact a nicer person than I am and no one is debating that (laughs) I I have no problem. Well, you know, like the evil quill that Dolores Umbridge has and Harry Potter oh. cuts people's hands open. I'd be making Pamela rewrite that email with that quill and I'd have oh. no problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not no. as nice as you are. I don't, know. I don't think it's I don't think it's nice. It's just that I, I think about what it must be like to live as a Pamela. And that's yeah. got to be just awful. That's got to be like you've got to be living in in shame and insecurity like every minute of your life and I mean like as you know like my mother was a narcissist and that's what like narcissism is just this this devastating insecurity that you have to turn around into oh I'm awesome I'm awesome I'm awesome because that's the only way to get through the day like it's awful it's got to be just the worst so so I don't know I mean I I, like Pamela's terrible and like I'm on Brene's side absolutely but like Pamela's problem is Pam like you know Pamela's already getting you know her just desserts for being Pamela because she's she has to be Pamela. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I still think a so. swipe or two with that quill would be in okay. order, but sure. I'll, I'll settle for her being her own worst punishment. <laughs> exactly. I think these people are their own punishment for the most part, definitely. Yeah, um, I do too. But one of the things also in this chapter, I got to say that that really just set me off was like, you know, she was talking about on page 234, she has this list of the the things that these mythical wholehearted people do, right? They understand shame and they recognize triggers. They practice critical awareness and they reality check their messages. They share their stories with the people they trust. They speak to the shame. They use the word. They talk about their feelings. They ask for what they need. I mean, who fucking does this? Like, how in the world <laughs> did Brene Frown find enough of these quote unquote wholehearted people who wake up in the morning just like this, like completely like, no, I'm completely shame resilient. And like, who are these people? Like, do you know anybody who does this? I'm who's fairly certain this? I'm podcasting with a woman who's doing this. <laughs> oh, <please. laughs> 
I think whether you like it or not, you are doing all of these things and you're doing them beautifully. No, I'm doing I'm doing them. I will, okay, beautifully. I got an argument with that. But like, I'm doing them because Brene Brown told me to like before <laughs> Brene Brown wrote the thing, like she did the research on these quote unquote wholehearted people who knew to do this before Brene Brown wrote the book. And uh, who are, where, wh- who, like, they didn't exist. That's not real. Like, I'm completely, I'm looking at this and I'm like, who are these people that you did? I mean, it's not that I don't trust Brene Brown. It's not that I think she like, you know, made up her research. All I know is I don't know any of those people. <laughs> I am running in the wrong circles because like I mean this this really funny vision of her collecting data yeah so you would go to like an amphitheater right and you'd have Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of people and you're going to be like okay everyone we're going to divide into two groups so if you in fact hate and despise your very existence I'm going to need you to go over there and if in fact you, you think you're pretty good and life is happy and people are just doing their best. I'm going to need you over there. People are just you know, and so best. then you take the first group and you're like, tell me all the shit that bothers you because, you know, I'm going to put it in a book. And then you ask the other people, how do you just how do you do it? And, and yeah. that's, you know, your big. <laughs> I guess that's how there she did the research. But I would like to know, like, yeah. okay, let's just say for, you know, for argument's sake that all these people are on a cruise ship, right? <laughs> My imagination would be that the people who are completely fucked up would sink the ship because they would be all over on the one side. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're going to need to draw your attention to the Rising Strong <laughs> crew list. If you are on level one, we're going to need you to be full of self-loving. The upper deck is reserved for those that have ascended to a higher state of self-awareness. Yeah. Dude, I would Who be like in the basement people? of the boat drinking a mimosa. Oh my God, seriously. I'd be a castaway, Who like a stowaway. I know. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm like, I, 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 I'm sure that those people are out there and I probably know some of them. It's just that in general conversation, I'm not like, so, Hey, <laughs> do you speak shame? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they're just normal, good people. And I'm like, all right, all right. You know? Um, so I don't know. Like I, it just, the whole thing was like, uh, it just occurred to me, who are these people that she's interviewing that have just been like, Oh yes, this is how oh. I do it. Like who who so, raised them? Who has normal parents who raised them to be like you know well adjusted? Like who are these people? <laughs> I know, right? And how can we possibly hang out with them? Because that would be right. awesome. But in my new head canon, yes. Maslow hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. and the rising strong multi level cruise ship have now combined, <laughs> and they are one thing. <laughs> All right, <laughs> gonna... we need to do this. I need to make this cruise happen because yeah, I, I think. <laughs> This is what I think we need. <laughs> I think this is how it's going to work. Oh, my God. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else from the chapter? No, I think we have. Um, I think we have pulled all the juicy marrow out of the bones of that chapter. I think. Pamela, I think if you're listening, honey, y- you need to call me. <laughs> we got to talk. <laughs> I, <was> talk- <laughs> I got a quill for you. Yeah. <laughs> So what was your big idea? What was your aha? 
from this oh, reading. Oh god, I think it's this is the moment, right? The 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 mm-hmm. understand like the pausing in the middle of the shame before you go and hit any red buttons, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> that pause, that moment where you just are conscious of it and this is it. I am feeling this. I am not going to take action until I have calmed down. I will send Kelly my shitty first draft about this experience, <laughs> but I will not send it to, you know, whoever I want to send it to. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, so I think that to like to a certain extent, you know, um, that this could work. But the, the problem with me is that like action, you know, is is how I discharge my discomfort. I I, I yeah. do something. I take action. Like remember mm-hmm. those kids in that experiment, the marshmallow yes. experiment, right? Where they're yeah. like, they took these four year old kids and they would put a marshmallow mm-hmm. in front of them. They were like, if you can wait ten seconds, you can get two marshmallows. And then like a whole right. bunch of the other kids were like, throw the marshmallow. They're like, I don't care. I want one marshmallow now. I don't really care about the future. Like that's kind of who I am with action. Like I need to. Take take action when I'm feeling bad, you know? So, so for Mm -hmm. me, it'll be really interesting to see if I can pause in the moment and not take that action. But I think that that for me is like the big, you know, the big light bulb that went off for me. What about for you? Um, I think for me, there's a quote on page 235 and Brene said, one of the greatest challenges of becoming myself has been acknowledging that I am not who I thought I was supposed to be. Wow. And that is huge for me because mm-hmm. I am not who I thought I was supposed to be, nor am I what anyone around me expected me to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I want to be yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I have started thinking of this silly metaphor, but it's actually helping me of this inner magnet where I'm mm-hmm. simply asking, what am I being drawn to and oh, why? If I like something or I feel a pull or I'm just drawn to something, Mm -hmm. just stop for a second and say, why am I being drawn to this? Because I don't know. I have been in survival mode for so long that I think I figured out a lot of strengths, but I don't Mm -hmm. think I have figured out a lot of interests or talents or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. So what am I being drawn to and why um, to figure out that part of myself, I think is, is a big aha and like with the writing that I sent you, it was yeah. memoir. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I don't want to write memoir. <laughs> like that, that ain't on the list of genres that Kelly wants to write. Names and it becomes fiction. <laughs> but that, like it or not, that was right. what I was drawn to. And mm-hmm. so it's just, and normally I would have played it off and not written it. And so it's, it's figuring that out. Like I was, I went on, on the back porch today to check a mm-hmm. light and I looked around and I thought, you know, I think it might be fun to put some plants of some kind in some pots out here. Mm-hmm. And container gardening is a thing. I don't know why I felt a pull toward it. I have killed every plant that has ever had the misfortune of coming into my life. But the magnet lit up, and so I'm going to look at it. And oh, that's I, I awesome. think, like, so that was kind of a, a big aha. I love that. I love that <laughs> inner magnet thing. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your strong challenge for the week? What did you resist in this? Oh, God. The idea that any of these wholehearted people <laughs> exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why I just I'm, I've focused on that this week, like this this idea that there are these people who just have it together. 
who just, mm-hmm. I don't know, weren't raised by monsters or whatever, you know, like, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand how that works, but you know, okay. And, uh, and so like, I don't know, that was for me, that was the big thing that just tripped me up in this whole thing. It's like, who are these, who are these fucking people? I don't believe yeah. these people exist. <laughs> the R-O-U-S's. I don't believe they exist. I don't exist. So what about you? What did you have? What's your challenge? I think my challenge was she talked in here a bit about nostalgia, which I do not have, but she shared her family's tendency, kind of this romanization, romanticization. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Yeah, romanticization. Sure I don't know how Romantiz- to say it. Romanticization. Sure. I'm going to make this word up um, <laughs> of, of quote unquote, hard living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're raised in poverty, there is a phenomenon of actually glorifying poverty itself. Like mm-hmm. it is a badge of honor. It is, mm-hmm. you know, something that makes you better because you're in it or you have survived it. And I was raised like that. And mm-hmm. it is it is really difficult to think about identity in terms of having to bring everything in and accept it and look at it and mm-hmm. um so I, I still need to go back and deal with that a little bit. But but mm-hmm. hard living is not a good thing like not the way that she was talking about it in that book um and she's not saying it was but for her to kind of have to dissect her identity in that way and look at it through that lens Mm -hmm. I think is challenging and I have no false sense of nostalgia for that in my family and my history but Mm -hmm. I still need to figure out what to do with it you know so I, I resisted the hell out of it because the thought came into my head and I made up a word rather mm-hmm. than actually think about how I felt about it. <laughs> so that's kind of when I start making up words, I know I am resisting the hell oh, out of something. Sure. So sure. there you go. <laughs> so what's your yes? What's your action for this week? I think I'm going to I'm going to memorize the don't do anything thing i'm mm-hmm. gonna the mantra that shit i'm gonna make little graphics and put them up on my computer <laughs> and like all that kind of go. build up a mantra i'm gonna send for the thing like it says don't do anything because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's you know when i'm when i'm in that space man yeah. i just want to take action you know I like and, it. and i'm just gonna i'm gonna try to not do that i'm gonna try to like mm-hmm. set this up so that when the moment happens i can like take a breath yeah. Yeah. and just just go with it so what about you well, you know, we have the SFD for the shitty first drafts, and we now have okay. the DDA. Don't do anything. Don't do anything, right? Don't do anything. <laughs> DDA. I like it. Yes. Uh, so I, th- I think my action for the week is going to be to follow the magnet and oh, write a little it. more of the memoir, too. Yes, so. please do. I want to read it. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> You're very sweet. <laughs> and you, my dear, have the closing quote for the week. So I do you want to close this out? I do. I have been kind of in a Terry Pratchett mood yeah. in the last like few days. I've been really, I've been, I've been reading his stuff and uh, just really enjoying him. He's fantastic. Yes, and so yes. today's quote is from Terry Pratchett from his book, A Hat Full of Sky. Why do you go away so that you can come back so that you can see the place you came from with new eyes and extra colors and the people there see you differently too. Coming back to where you started is not the same as never leaving. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, 
visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all.